The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to an emergency edition of the POD cast, the Pride of Detroit podcast. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the editor in chief at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online. With me to break down the first wave of Detroit Lions cuts as they get down to 71 technically players, but kind of 70 players, yeah. is Eric Schlitt, the managing editor of Pride of Detroit. You can find him at Eric Schlitt on Twitter. Eric, how you doing today, bud? You know, it felt like it was a busy day. Yeah. Um, and we only got through a third of the cuts. So yeah. uh, um, maybe it's because it was practice today, you know, not having practice might make things a little bit, uh, you know, simpler. Yeah. Um, Plus, first you know, days, yeah, first a slew, a slew of injury news as well. Tim Boyle yeah. getting surgery on his hand and good news for Stenberg. Logan Stenberg. Thankfully, yeah. uh, it looks like his injury is minor and he'll return to practice this week, which seems to indicate that he has made the team, which is also good news because he showed a lot of improvement this camp. Yeah, you know, and they need it. Like, they're going to need uh, help on the offensive line, especially after uh, some of the cuts they made today. Yeah, let's get to them. Um, I'll, let's just, we'll, we'll name all nine of them in case you haven't been caught up yet. Uh, and then we'll go through probably about three of them because those are the significant ones. Um, start out Monday morning, Brashad Perriman uh, released. Um, he's a veteran, so he's an immediate free agent. Mike Ford is the next one on the list, the big surprise of the day. Then we got Elijah Holder. Evan Heim, Victor Bolden, Damian Ratley, Miles Brown, and then Tyrell Crosby and Dan Skipper both waived with an injury designation. Let's start out with the Perriman cut um, because I think that was one that um, a lot of us saw coming based on some of the reactions. Uh, everyone. Right? Basically everyone. I mean, I'm, everyone. he was on your 53. I'm not going to tell you about it. but yeah. Everyone but me. <laughs> well, no, that's not true because there are a lot of people that thought, and, and understandably so, like, What's yeah. this team's plan that outside wide receivers, he's not on the roster? And that's a question we don't have an answer for. Yeah. And we may not until after waivers, right? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Campbell seemed pretty uh, hesitant to start, you know, saying that they're even going to keep more than four, right? Yeah. Receivers. And so uh, that's the case. You probably need another outside guy. So, um, yeah, the waiver wire is going to be something the Lions are very active on, apparently. Yeah, I mean, he, I, I think everyone pointed to this move as like, 
woohoo, Tom Kennedy made it. But then, you know, Dan Campbell today <laughs> said, I think he's got an inside track to be here, but yet that's not 100%. We still have another day of practice. There's still things going on the waiver wire. So just like you said, even if Tom Kennedy makes his 53, I wouldn't consider him safe. I mean, it's it almost smells like, hey, congratulations, Tom. Oh, by the way, 24 hours from now, you're not going to be on the team because we're going to have to cut you after right. somebody else becomes free. Because I think that's the that's the other side of the coin that people often forget about is that when you start making these waiver claims, you've got to cut somebody that thought they just made the team, right. which is brutal. Yep. So, but you know, he's a guy that I, I know Lions fans have grown to to really like him this preseason specifically. I think he's a guy that could certainly make it back on the practice squad. I don't I don't necessarily see a team coming in and claiming him. Yeah, and you know, and there's always room for elevations because of the COVID rules and whatnot sure. this year. So, yeah, the you know, look back to Perryman for a second. He's he had all the talent. They they thought so highly of him. They invested a lot of money in him. Um, they end up taking the two million dollar bath, which, as we talked about in the Green Room podcast over the weekend, it's not a ton, but yeah. it's you know, it's, no, it's a chunk of change too. You know what I mean? So, um, they end up. You know, still freeing up a little bit of money, but it's not a, a, a whole lot, uh, and it ends up being, uh, you know, a miss. You know that yeah. look. Anyone, I know we're still in the honeymoon phase with Brad Holmes uh, and and the and the coaching staff, but like they're gonna miss. Like it, yeah. it's just the nature yeah. of the business, right? right? Yeah, like it's okay that they missed on a on a receiver that they paid two point five million dollars for. It's not okay when you miss on a receiver you pay twenty five million dollars for, right? <laughs> yeah. So like it's it, yeah, they took a shot. They, they they we you know their game plan was to you know take these high risks on guys that had been passed over, and we find out there's a reason that Perryman yeah. was passed over by other teams. So it was worth it, and he. You take a bath, a little bath on it. It's no big deal. Yeah, and it, it's interesting because, you know, there's a positive side and a negative side to this. Like the, the negative side sure. is, yeah, they, they took a risk and they ate $2 million of cap room that they maybe didn't have to. But the positive side of this is that Brad Holmes has proven, like, I'm not going to tie my horse to the, tie, tie myself to this horse. Like, if, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to cut bail. And it didn't work out and he cut bailed. So that's, I think that's a good sign of a GM, even if you make a mistake. You know, when we... uh looked at like Martin Mayhew, he wouldn't cut guys that had like a quarter of a million dollars invested right. into him. Right? right. And then, and then when Bob Quinn started cutting guys that, that had, you know, more than 250 million or 250,000 invested in them, um, people were like, well, look at that. Bob Quinn's willing to make tough decisions. Look, yeah. those aren't tough decisions. This, this was, you know, and, and this isn't was didn't seem like a tough decision either. It was the first one. So, um, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I'm I'm on I'm of the mindset that they tried it, it was it didn't work out, and then cut your losses and let's yep. move on. That's okay. Well, speaking of tough decisions, uh cutting yeah. Mike Ford could not have been an easy one. Um he's a guy yeah. that's been instrumental, I would say, on special teams, a guy who can do a lot on special teams, but most of all, he was an excellent gunner. Like we're talking top mm -hmm. top of the league type of gunner, not just good on, on the Lions. And, you know, I'd mentioned on Twitter, the guy had also served a little bit as a kind of mentor role to, to AJ Parker um, and, and, and uh, the, what's his name? The safety, the safety convert. Bobby Price. Bobby Price. Um, you know, he, he's helping these guys, these young guys learn new positions while him, you know, he was trying to find a spot for himself on defense. Obviously he started camp as the starter at nickel mm. um, yeah. halfway through. They decide 
maybe he's better suited on the outside. And to me, I didn't, I, I think both of us kind of shrugged that off as like, ah, oh, they're just looking, you know, to, to make him a little more versatile. And then suddenly uh, yeah. it, it becomes clear that they didn't really appreciate the, the work or they didn't, they didn't like the work he was doing at corner. He, he, he was struggling. There's no question about that, but this is, this is a tough pill to swallow just because we're, we're told time and time again, special teams wins you a roster spot. And Mike Ford may have been their best special teamer that wasn't, you know, Jack Fox. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, maybe Reeves maybe it's probably better, but but um, but uh, yeah, Mike Ford was starting gunner all all camp. You know yeah. what I mean? And it sure looked like he was in the mix for it. So it's so if you're looking just from a from a gunner standpoint. Uh, and I'm, I know you know this because you're such a, a special teams guru that you just you love it so much. You, you've ingrained Absolutely. yourself in the two deep on these guys. <laughs> um, but your your starters were Bobby Price and Mike Ford. But your backups were uh, Melifonwu and Jerry Jacobs. Yeah. So if you're willing to bail on Mike Ford, uh, you're probably keeping Bobby Price and you're for sure already keeping Melifonwu. So, right. I mean, maybe that's their, their justification is Melifonwu has a higher upside. We want to make him outside corner three. Uh, Melifonwu is, we, we want to get him more reps on special teams. And so, you know, he's going to, we want him to be a gunner role as well. And maybe they thought, okay, well, if Melifonwu is going to do those two jobs, then how uh, expendable be, does Mike Ford become? Now, I don't like it. Like, I'm a, I've been a Mike Ford guy for years. I, I think there's value. I mean, if anything, he could have been a reserve nickel behind, uh, even if, a, if A.J. Parker Falkers, sure. right? Like, yeah. And, I mean, I thought Mike had some really good play inside. So uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the move. I, I don't know exactly uh, the motivation behind it. Uh, it's not financial. It's uh, it just seems to be play. But and I think one of the big giveaways was he was playing on the last snap of yeah. preseason game three. And that should have been a rib. I mean, like, I remember he was in and then he left. And then when he was back out there and I was out, we were watching the game and I was thinking, is Mike Ford still out there? Well, yeah. I guess this is why. Right. And that's that's a bummer because it was mostly a pretty good game from him too. Like he obviously he gave up the sixty <laughs> yarder when he, he kind of lost track of his own guy. But like he had two well, pass breakups he, in that game and. Looked yeah, good he, as a run defender too. It was it was weird. He gave up on that guy because the the there was a sack that was happening right. that the, the defender fell off. Right. Right. Uh, he, Mike Ford had like uh, a TFL. He had a couple good run stops. Like uh, it was, again, it, it's a surprising move. I I actually dislike this move more than than the next the one we're going to talk about. Well, the next one is yeah. Well, we'll yeah. Go ahead. Let's yeah, move on to the next one. My, but but my last point is this: this really seems like a vote of confidence in Bobby Price's move to cornerback. That's how I read it. I read it as a vote of confidence in Melifonwu. Well, there, it's that too, yeah. for sure. But like we, yeah. we figured that out at the end of camp. Like he was repping, he was repping for for sure. Jeff Okuda, essentially with the ones. Yeah, but I mean, you got to think back three weeks ago, or even two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, he was repping behind Dunbar. Yeah, and yeah. and um, Alex Brown. Right, right. Like honestly, like and yes, we've seen some pretty drastic uh, elevations like you know ascent ascents in their in their development over some of these young guys like AJ Parker right. and and Melifano as well but um in my mind it, this if anything this is a vote of, a, a huge vote of confidence that Melifano is ready to rock 
that well, that's a good way to to spin it in a, in a positive manner. Even though I, I'm with you, I, I don't. This is a bit of a head scratcher for me. Yeah, um, I don't like it. An, a, another kind of head scratcher move. The the lines wave injure Tyrell Crosby. We'll finish this this one um, because I, 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 it's just a weird. It seems like they've got a bugaboo with Tyrell Crosby, right? Like, yeah. the, I mean, he was obviously the the source of some trade rumors going into training camp. Um, even though he was waived injured and obviously he's been dealing with that hamstring sprain, um, or strain or grade, grade one, whatever, um, basically the entire month. Um, but yeah. Dan Campbell straight up went up and said like, he wasn't good enough. And so well, I'll tell you, this isn't, yeah, he, this isn't a situation where he's going to clear waivers and they're going to bring him back on IR and, and just, you know, keep him around it. They're done with him. Yeah. I, uh, I, and the fact that he spoke out about, against his play he doesn't really do that with right. other guys right yeah. and the fact that he did that means that i do think there is something going on beyond what we are uh, seeing on the surface right yeah. uh i don't know what it is i mean maybe maybe they didn't like his play from last year when he was starting and they said okay you know your play is not good enough and they didn't like how he responded to that but i mean crosby one of the most high character people yeah. <laughs> that we've met in our years in the right. covering I mean, the he's, NFL. He's outspoken at times, but like not on, not on social, a social issues, way. right? Yeah, in a very yeah. yeah, in a very polite way. Yeah, um, so I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I wouldn't even. I didn't even think that it was a really a possibility. And um, look, he didn't look great in preseason game three, but I didn't expect them to look great after not playing for a month, right? right? Only yeah. getting a, a couple what, days like of practice or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's another strange one. I do think there's, I've talked about this in the past. There's incredible value in having a third offensive tackle. Right. And uh, now that's uh, Matt Nelson. Right. Yeah. And who, that's who has not looked that me. good. Yeah. That, yes. He has not looked good. The, the only backup tackle who really has looked good is Dan Skipper. And he suffered, obviously, what appears to be a pretty significant injury. He's one that, that almost certainly will pass through waivers and probably revert to the Lions IR. Um, but that means he's done for the season. Yeah, because I don't – yeah, they can't – yeah, it, it would – yeah, season is over for him regardless because they'd have to re-sign him, get him on the 53. Like, it's just – it's not realistic. Um, so uh, – I mean, look what's, – what's, like, are they only going to keep three offensive tackles? Is, is Darren Paulo a guy that we should have been talking about more? Or is is this another waiver wire that, that we're going to be looking at? I mean, from a logistical uh, roster building standpoint, it, I could see Paulo making the team and then them picking up someone off waivers and then yeah. moving on from Paulo. Like this, sim, uh, you know, like we just talked about a receiver. Um, my gut is they're going to go after somebody. Uh, I don't have a name. Like I, I mean, I have no idea because I haven't been looking really at tackles because right. they we've uh, those these four have kind of like seemed like they were established. Uh, yeah. But um, I don't know. I I, I just I, there, there's a game plan. We don't see it yet, and, and, and I think that's the hard part is because it's a it's a it's a player who was starting um, last year. Yeah, uh, he's most likely going to get claimed if only based on upside. Right. Uh, we, they thought he had value as a trade piece. Obviously, they didn't 
get anything that they liked. And I mean, maybe we're overvaluing him. You know what I mean? We Maybe we are. Maybe we're looking at him as being such a, a quality human being that we're overlooking some of his flaws. But I, I thought he was a good player, too. So I, I, I don't think that's the case. But again, maybe I'm maybe I'm just uh, too, you know, I just don't see something that there's something I'm missing, probably. Right. And, I, and that's why I think maybe our, our emotional reactions to these first of cuts sure. needs to be a little subdued is because we don't see the full picture. We, we will maybe by Thursday um, when uh, we're, we're supposed yeah. to hear from, from the front office. And, and by then, you know, they'll have the practice squad set. They'll, they'll have some waiver claims set and all that sort of stuff. So um, I, I guess at, at this point, like we're surprised by a couple of these moves, but it's something that we're just going to ha- kind of have to wait and, and, and see before we give our full analysis. So uh, anything else before we, we get out of here with this quick episode? Yeah, the, the only thing is, I, I don't think they're done with Dan Skipper. I, I do think that if he ends up back on IR, you could see him get released with a settlement mm-hmm. and then sit out the extended, the, you know, like the however many weeks they agree to on the injury setup. And he'll sit out a certain amount of weeks. Usually yeah. it's like five or something like that, or yeah. it can be longer. Uh, I can see him sitting that out, then re-signing with the team on like the practice squad, uh, even if he's not fully healthy, just to get him back onto the, to the payroll and in the building, and then you know maybe they can work him back into it. That, that's kind of my guess. Uh, it's it's kind of it's it's a roundabout way to do it, but they seem to like him quite a bit, and I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, were done with Dan Skipper. As you know, it's it's a different, much different scenario than than it was with Crosby. Like who, like we said, something there's something there we don't just aren't seeing yet. All right, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, For now, thank you for listening. We'll be back with a full podcast breaking down everything that happened probably on Wednesday night, so you can watch it live on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit, or just hang right here on the podcast feed, and it'll drop on Thursday morning. But until then, for Eric, I'm Jeremy. Thanks for listening. It's chaos. Be kind. (laughs) 